Hello, ladies and gentlemen, this is James coming to you again once tonight with another episode of Diving Into the Heart of God. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you very much that you have come tonight or today or whatever the time that it may be of the time of day or the time of the week that that you have uh, chosen to sit down and to uh, watch this video or to listen to this podcast but I'm so grateful for you and 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 I thank God for each and every one of you and watch that you and how excuse me and how much that you mean to me you see, because the very gift that I have, and, and you keep hearing me say this, and, and I know I'm repetitive over a lot of things that I say and that I mention, but ladies and gentlemen, my gift, my gift of, of knowing how to teach and, and how to preach is it, not of my own ability. It's, it is the grace of God that has empowered me. It's God's empowerment. And, and and that's exactly what we've been talking about in this series, in this series of, of, of being strong. You know, it's just like, like Paul had, had spoke to the church of Ephesus to be strong. You see, in the, the very thing that he told him to be strong about was that, that this was the final thing. You know, that this was at the end. This was the most important thing that he had to speak to them was to be strong in, in the evil times. And ladies and gentlemen, we are in evil times. And since the last time that we have met, the last time that, that we have viewed each other uh, via YouTube or, or Apple Podcasts or, or iHeartRadio or, or whatever uh, uh, venue or platform that, that you may be using, so much has is just continuously uh, seeping into this world. You see, because Satan is the evil one. And any time that there is evil presence, ladies and gentlemen, I guarantee Satan has something to do with it. But ladies and gentlemen, man, if I had a set of keys with me right now, <laughs> but you know what? God has given us the keys. He has given us the keys. And the question on to so many things is, is, is do we know which key goes to which door? And, and maybe we'll move into a series in that on down the road. I know that the Lord has already begun to, to speak to me on behalf of, uh, of another series that would proceed after this one. But who knows? The Lord may just insert something different in between. We're, we're just going to let God have his way. And we're just going to incline our ears to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say to us, the church. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, as I reflected today, because when I was I was in prayer and, you know, and uh, me and my wife went and visited church and uh, and right now we, we haven't we haven't opened the doors to a church uh, yet for ourselves. We're in the process of of um, getting all of our paperwork together with with the with the state and with the IRS so that we can have uh, have all of this stuff out of the way but that's not what's important the important thing of what I'm going to say here is that is that me and my wife we visited a church yesterday and and when we came home you know we always begin to discuss you know and and and, and how holy spirit has operated uh through that service you know was he welcomed to, uh did, was he allowed to to be felt was he allowed to be used 
Was he allowed to to speak what God had spoken to uh, not only the pastor but but those that would that 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 uh, that are part of the worship team those, those that that are elders those that are uh, um, uh, deacons in the church and, and the very thing that me and my wife had said you know man yesterday was a good service but in my prayer time today you know I just. I just begin to pray and you know in the Holy Spirit because my prayer time is it's a dialogue it's a it's a I speak and he listens and he he speaks and I listen but one of the very things that that just really stood out to me today and I'm, I'm trying to make this quick so we can just move right on in but the very thing that we said that 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 was a good service you know and and, and I couldn't help but to reflect uh, to think about the last series that we that I had preached or or that we had taught on or listened to was that you know that good without God is not good enough and and how often do we say that that today was a good service or today was a good day or or that that was a good movie or or, or that was some let's just be real here ladies and gentlemen that was good food or that was good etc 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 you see, but the reality is, is, is I'm going to hold to my guns that, that there's nothing good outside of God. So, so, so to reference it, to say was yesterday was a good service. Ladies and gentlemen, I would have to say that yesterday was a good service because Holy Spirit was involved. And because Holy Spirit was involved... God was involved and there's nothing good outside of God ladies and gentlemen so I would say today for myself that today was a good day because Holy Spirit was involved in in my in my prayer in my in in, in my dialogue with God and uh, just in my working in my driving and uh, in my knowledge of uh, of things that just took place that all throughout today so today was a good day ladies and gentlemen and and uh, i i kind of want to end that with with just that little nugget for you and i didn't come to to preach on that tonight you see because we we still got a series that we're working on here but ladies and gentlemen can we be very careful to to say that that to use the word good in such a reference of is it a man's good or was it a God good it's very 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 important and that's just a ladies and gentlemen that's just that's how my heart turns that that's just how my mind thinks and that's just how I perceive things because you know it's just like I told you if you want to learn a song you put it on replay and as it plays over and over and over and over again you begin to pick up the words you pick up the beat you pick up the uh, the lyrics so ladies and gentlemen, as I just put God's word before my face and in my heart, and as I place it on replay over and over and over again, it can't help but to but to come out. You see, what's at the bottom of your will, ladies and gentlemen, it's going to come out. 
So I'll just leave you with that nugget here today. Again, I thank you, but let us just move on and let's just take these moments just to to invite Holy Spirit to be here, to to be in our midst, to to give us a, a good word, to give us a good message, to give us something that is of God. So ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for this? Are you ready? I think that I am. So let us pray, ladies and gentlemen. Dear Lord, we just thank you, Lord, that you have graced us, Lord, with your presence, with the ability, Lord, to be able to operate, Lord, in a way, Lord, that is pleasing to you. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and your kindness. Lord, and how you have just been so good to us, Lord, that even at times, Lord, that, that when we don't deserve it, when we begin to reflect upon our righteousness, Lord, our righteousness is, is filthy rags. And Lord, as we, we learned last week about, or not last week, but as we learned in our last episode that we talked about righteousness, and righteousness is the right standards of God. Have we have we met your standards? Are we living? Are we walking in your standards, Father? And your standards, Lord, is your word. Hallelujah. Lord, as we come here tonight, Lord, we come and, and we just bow ourselves before you, Lord. Lord, that we just come humbly. Lord, and as we just take a few moments, Lord, to to reflect, to to soak in, Lord, your holiness. Because, Lord, you are swift to tell us in your word, Lord, that without holiness, no man shall see God. And, Lord, we've learned that that holiness is not a position. Holiness is a lifestyle. It's, It's a way of living. And it is this righteous living that you have called us into, Father. Lord, let us us have a glimpse, Lord, here tonight of your glory. Because, Lord, you said that your grace, that it moves from glory to glory to glory to glory. Holy Spirit, we surrender. We surrender our minds, our hearts, our wills to you. That we desire to to just be the vessel, to, to, to be the vessel that would just be filled so that we can pour out into others. Let us hear what our Father has to say to us here tonight as we dive into his heart as we dive into his word open our eyes to see that we may see lord that that we may see what you said father because you so you so purposely said that in the in the book of proverbs to incline your ears to my saying let them not depart from your eyes let them not depart from your heart Are we seeing what you're saying? Lord, let us see what you're saying here tonight, Father. Let us hear you. Let us hear you in the way that you desire for us to hear you. Let us not hear the mouthpiece of the speaker here tonight, but let us hear the voice within inside of the voice. 
the very voice that is continuously calling us, that is continuously convicting us, that is continuously blessing us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we, we bless your name. We bless your name, Father. Hallelujah. Lord, as you had told Jeremiah, you told Jeremiah the prophet, you told young Jeremiah the prophet, you told Jeremiah the weeping prophet that you are watching over your word and that you are able to perform it. Lord, you're carefully watching over your word, Lord, here tonight. Lord, we thank you, Lord, right now that, that you are performing exactly what your word has prophesied. Your word is a sure word of prophecy. So, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you. We glorify your name, the name above every name. The name, <laughs> the name above every name. The name in which that so many people will call you El Shaddai. So many people would call you Elohim. So many people would call you Adonai. So many people would call you Yahweh. So many people would call you Yehovah. But Lord, you are the, the I am. Your word says that, that I am that I am. Or I will be what I will be. My name is my word. My name is my character. My name is my pleasure. My name is grace. My name is mercy. My name is peace. Hallelujah. Lord, I thank you, Father. Hmm, thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we desire to reach heaven here tonight. Lord, that heaven would, would, would rain down upon us. Lord, and as the prophet said, Lord, Lord, that your train filled the temple. Lord, and not a train that goes choo-choo. But the very, the very ending, the very end of your garment, that your, your train fills the temple. Lord, as your glory, as your glory, Lord, encompass us, Lord, here tonight. Lord, shower us, Lord, with this armor of light Lord that darkness cannot prevail against the light Father Lord because darkness is just simply the absence of light Lord and as you spoke to me earlier today Lord Lord, that, that darkness and light cannot dwell in the same place at the same time 
just as you cannot dwell in a temple that is sinful you can't feel something that, that is filled with sin thank you Lord hallelujah Lord bless us Lord here tonight Lord that we would just be glorified Father Lord by your word that your word would just continue to, tr to change us Lord Lord, reveal to us, Lord. Lord, give us this revealed word here tonight. Lord, as we submit our minds, our hearts, our voice, Lord, to edify your kingdom, we thank you, we glorify you, we praise your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I don't know what it's like where you are, but ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you here and right now that, that God's glory has in, encompassed this room. You see, what has happened here right now is that is that we have moved from the the from the uh, from the outer court to the inner courts and to the holy of holies ladies and gentlemen and we have been granted permission to do so because when jesus christ had had hung his head and gave up the ghost it said that that the that the uh the veil in the temple that separated the outer to the inner and to the holy of holies it said that it was tore from the top to the bottom and it granted us access because of Jesus Christ had, had paid for the price of our sins ladies and gentlemen <laughs> ladies and gentlemen I'm excited here tonight if you can't already tell let, let me get a sip of water and let me refresh in my palate here just a little bit and then we're just going to move on into our message here tonight hallelujah Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. Just to give you a brief recap, see, because uh, I, I really urge you to, to go into, just to go into uh, listen to last week's message. I'll put us a link up here in the, the, the top right corner. Uh, that was my left, but I think on YouTube it's going to show a link up here. That's going to link you back to our previous episode. When when the, the episode of, of Being Strong that with the subtitle of, of um, uh, uh, Truth and Righteousness. And tonight's title is, is going to be, I'll tell you in a minute because we got a recap. Ladies and gentlemen, I am super excited here tonight. But, but uh, just to kind of give you a brief uh, recap, we talked about truth and righteousness in our previous episode and 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 the reality is that here's what truth really is ladies and gentlemen truth is having faith and belief and and knowledge of god's word truth is the pinnacle of god's armor the belt was the focal the focal point that held most of the other armor in place you see because if we are not knowledgeable of god's word if we are not knowledgeable of god's heart ladies and gentlemen we can be deceived you see, and can we tell the difference between what is right and what's almost right? You see, the only way to be able to tell the difference between what's right and almost right is God's word, ladies and gentlemen. And I encourage you, I encourage you 
each and every day to to pick up your Bible and and, and not so much make it a, a read through the Bible in a year's time or or can I get this chapter read? But ladies and gentlemen, just dive into God's heart to to hear what He has to speak to you individually. You see, because you never know the word that, that God will place in you that someone else is going to need, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Lord. And that's exactly what us ministers do as we are diving into God's heart. Oftentimes, uh, God speaks a phrase to me. And then from there, I just begin to to research and I begin to look. It's just like I, how I had explained it, that the Lord has spoke to me. He said, he said to be strong in the Lord. And because I knew that Paul had said it or I had became familiar with 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 that saying and with that scripture. I know exactly where God wanted to to go with us on that. Excuse me. But we're still here and we're still continuing to dive in. And, and, and then the second part about the, the next piece of the armor that, that we are to place on, you know, this isn't a this isn't a something that that we just do one time, ladies and gentlemen. It's something that, that we do often. You know, and there's nothing wrong with actually going through the motions of actually putting on your armor while you're in prayer. And, and uh, it may look or sound ridiculous to some people, but you know what? It shows God your faith. And that, Lord, Lord, I believe exactly what your word says. Let us continue here as, as we spoke about the breastplate of righteousness or the, the body armor of righteousness. And, and, and that was the very thing, ladies and gentlemen, that, that protected uh, mostly all of our vital organs. Now, not all of them, but, but for the most part, it protected all of them. And, and God gave us armor that, that would protect our feet, that would protect our waistline, that would protect our vital organs, that would protect our head. And then he gave us uh, a couple weapons to fight with, ladies and gentlemen. He gave us a way to defend ourselves. You see, but the body, the, the body armor, the, the breastplate of righteousness, it covered the very areas that, that could cause us to instantly die if they were to have been ruptured. You see, and God has provided a way for you to survive. He has provided a way for me to survive. And ladies and gentlemen, that this body plate of, of righteousness, this breastplate of righteousness, righteousness is just simply this, ladies and gentlemen. It's living in the right standards. It's living in God's standards. It's see, you see, my Bible says that, that, that our righteousness is like filthy rags. Something that the Holy Spirit spoke to me over a year ago. He said, the closer that you get to me, the dirtier you realize that you are. You realize just how unrighteous you are. But I don't, I don't want to preach on that. We, we, we'll talk about that again some other time. And, and I'm sure we've spoke about this in previous episodes. But ladies and gentlemen, uh, the book of 1 John gave such a, such a powerful description of what righteousness is. And, and I'm not going to read it here tonight. But, but 1 John 3... 1 John chapter 3, beginning with verses 4, all the way through verse 10, ladies and gentlemen. I encourage you to, 
to take that time and and i'll try to place that link up here as well that uh so that you can uh actually maybe see that clip about uh, uh or, or exactly what that scripture says but i'm gonna leave that part up to you because i i've i've done my part ladies and gentlemen as i've brought you the word you see and it's just like god had promised joshua all of the land you see but he he had to go possess it see because god has spoken the very same word to to joshua he told him to be strong and to be encouraged but he told him he said i promised you the land but you have to go seize it you have to go capture it ladies and gentlemen and that's what god speaks to us so often as well is he's given us promises he's given us promises in his word he's promised us things that in our prayer time that god has spoken to us and some of us we have not seen it come to pass yet you see but we got to understand that, that time was created for us and god lives outside of time God lives outside of time, ladies and gentlemen. But we dwell with inside of time. And one day we will exist outside of time. But until that time comes, we're still watching the clock. Lord, help our unbeliefs, Father. Hallelujah. But, but with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move right on into tonight's message. And <laughs> I'm not even going to tell you where the, the minute mark is, but but we're, we're just going to speak this and and maybe that's no wonder that um that i don't have i do have a lot of notes but i don't have a lot of scripture here tonight not like i did last week but tonight i i want to read and uh and again we're still in the book of ephesians and and i want to begin reading uh, in, in chapter six let's begin to read with verse 13 as we have already covered these things in in previous episodes but I want to make sure that we are catching all of the context of what Paul was so prophetically speaking to the church of Ephesus. Let us read, ladies and gentlemen, chapter, chapter 6, verse 13. It says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor, so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will stand firm, stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen, verse 15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these, hold up your shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Ladies and gentlemen, God himself is the peace that, that we as surrendered Christians experience. A feeling of wholeness, a, a tranquility, a, a reconciliation, truth, and shalom. And yes, we, we just threw us a, a Hebrew word in there of shalom. And, and ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what shalom means is, is peace. And, and my mind so much goes back to to uh, to Gideon to Gideon and uh, man you know what I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even put that scripture in my in my um, in my notes but you know what it's okay we're, we're just gonna take a minute and and we're gonna turn there to it.
Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. Judges chapter 6. I think I, I think I told you Joshua, but it's Judges chapter 6. And here's exactly what had happened to Gideon. I don't want to give you the whole backdrop. I, uh, we'll let you go and educate yourself on that. But in Judges chapter 6, you see in the word Judges was, uh, the book of Judges was the beginning of the prophets. The, these were the first prophets that God has called. Uh, you know, and, and uh, you know, this was before the time of, of having kings. At least for the children of Israel it was. And God had placed judges, and, and these judges were prophets. And ladies and gentlemen, and, and to answer your question, yes, Gideon was a prophet. And I'm trying to find the, the very particular verse. Judges chapter 6. Judges chapter 6 beginning with verse 23 ladies and gentlemen and, and we'll put that in the description below as well and thank you for bearing with me for just that moment and uh, uh, as, as I just dropped a ball on that begin uh, uh, Judges chapter 6 beginning with verse 23 here's here's exactly what had happened and and, and verse 23 it picks up where that this was the Lord speaking to Gideon and he had told Gideon here in verse 23, he said, It is all right, the Lord replied. Do not be afraid. You will not die. And Gideon built an altar to the Lord and there named it Yahweh Shalom, which means the Lord of peace. The altar remains today. In verse 25, it said, That night the Lord said to Gideon, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one that is seven years old. Pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God here at the hilltop sanctuary. Laying the stones carefully, sacrifice the bull as a burnt offering on the altar. Use as fuel the wood of the Asherah poles you cut down. And this was exactly what, what Gideon had did, ladies and gentlemen. You see, because the worship of Baal had, had became from, from the children of Israel had, had took this and why they were in captivity. And, and the worship of Baal had came from the Canaanites. And that this was idol worshiping, ladies and gentlemen. And I don't want to go into detail as 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 I really could begin to to speak about Baal because we've already talked about this in essence with uh, with Elijah and how he had destroyed the prophets of Baal much later on, and because he he failed to to continue to do all that God had told him to do. Elijah had become replaced with Elijah. But we'll preach about that again some other time. 
go back and, and find where it is. Just listen to all of our episodes until you hear exactly what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. You see, but the thing is that, that this was a worship of Baal and, and this was a, a, an idol. This was an image that had been created and it was an image that had substitute the worship of God. You see, because you see, because God wanted to judge them. You see, but the way that, that God wanted to judge them, ladies and gentlemen, was that he wanted to do it through peace. And anybody that has read the Old Testament understands what I'm exactly what I'm getting ready to say was that peace didn't seem to be very prevalent in the Old Testament. You see, because God was always judging. But God, in reality, was he was always making peace, ladies and gentlemen. But it wasn't a peace in which that in which that man would call peace. You see, because here in just a minute, we're, we're, we're going to get to to what these pieces are. And we're putting these pieces of the puzzle together to find out what God's peace is, ladies and gentlemen. You see, Gideon had experienced this peace as, as he surrendered his allegiance to the call of God. And, and his surrender, and in his surrender, he built an altar, ladies and gentlemen. He built an altar, and he called it Yahweh Shalom. The God of peace. And, and upon this very altar that God had told Gideon to build, that he was to sacrifice a bull. Not only was he to sacrifice a bull, but he was to, to use the very stones that had been used to create an altar that would defy him and to turn around and to use it for God's glory. And in the very same manner, he was to take the Esherah poles. And, 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 and ladies and gentlemen, a lot of people don't talk about the Esherah pole and, and what it is and what it symbolizes. And seeing what happens here is, is with the Asherah poles, it was closely connected with the worship of Baal. You see, because they symbolize the same thing. Except for, let's see, the, uh, one was a female god, goddess, and then the other was a, a male god. And they both referenced fertility and sexuality and homosexuality. And in the reality of, of, of what these poles had looked like and, and what the, the image of Baal had looked like, ladies and gentlemen, it's kind of a little derogatory, but it looked like a, a male organ that was a pole and it had a head at the top. And so many people didn't really understand what they were worshiping here, ladies and gentlemen. As, as us, as, as so many of us have, have bowed a need and we have worshiped things because, ladies and gentlemen, let's just be really real here. That we have worshiped things. We have placed God. We have placed, excuse me, we have placed things above God. We have said that they are more important than God is. And because we have allowed that to take place, because we have pushed God onto the back burner, ladies and gentlemen, we have begun to worship other things. We've begun to allow things to take God's place. And that was the whole point that God had created Adam and Eve, ladies and gentlemen. He created them for fellowship. And still we here we are, 
almost 7,000 years later, God is still desiring fellowship with us. But yet we got too many things going on. We're worried with the computer. <laughs> I can't pick up my phone because I'm using it to record. But but we get we get so caught up with, with our work. We get caught up in a television show. And we have liked to give the very thing that is supposed to be God's. You see, because God has, He always required the first. And so many times we give Him what's left over, ladies and gentlemen. Let, 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 me, let me continue here. And he had taken the, the uh, excuse me, Gideon, had, he had taken the Asherah pole and he began to split it and to cut it. And he, he was commanded to use it as fuel to make this sacrifice to God. And after all this had taken place, ladies and gentlemen, he had created this altar. He had used the very things that, that man had used to defy God. And he used him to worship God. And the very thing that in which that he had called this order was that he called it Yahweh Shalom. And the very next day that, that the townsmen and the fathers and the, the cousins and the brothers and the, and, and the people all throughout the town had came and they saw that the altar had been destroyed. And they created such an uproar. You see, but what really happened here, ladies and gentlemen, was, was Gideon was creating peace. But it wasn't a peace in which the, that we see it as, you see, because God had never called us to be peacekeepers. He called us to be peacemakers. In Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus was preaching the, the Sermon on the Mount, he said, he said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they are truly the children of God. He called us to be peacemakers, ladies and gentlemen. He never called us to be a peacekeeper. A peacekeeper is someone that will tell you, is can we find a happy median here? Can we compromise on what you want and what you want? You see, God will never compromise with sin, ladies and gentlemen. God has called us to be holy as He is holy. Holiness not as a positional point but in a lifestyle. Hallelujah, Lord. We thank you, Father. You see, in Gideon, it was creating peace. And this was, this was the very peace that, 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 um, that Paul was speaking about, that we put on the, 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 the shoes of the gospel. And the gospel is translated as the good news, ladies and gentlemen. But it's not only described as the good news, See, because here's what it really means. The gospel really means this. It means that it's the good news that's almost too good to be true. That, that we can have enough faith, that we can believe God's word, that, that almost seems like it's too good to be true. But ladies and gentlemen, it says that without faith that no man shall see God. So many things that scripture has spoken to us about that without holiness, no man shall see God. Without faith, no man shall see God. Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you to, to stop. To stop being a peacekeeper. Stop making, stop, stop, stop keeping peace 
with the sinful with the sinful world with the ways of this world excuse me as as my screen has freeze up here but it's but we're, but we're back be the peacemaker that God has called you to be to be able to to spread the peace of God's word that that no matter no no matter what it may cost you God has called us to be peacemakers and in the reference of being a peacemaker he said these are truly the children of God you see we spoke about this last week that if there's a true something then there's a fault something as well you see and Jesus clearly stated he said that these are truly the children of God are, are those that are the peacemakers Ladies and gentlemen, I encourage you, I challenge you, I set you forth. I charge you to be the peacemaker that God has called you to be in your home, in your marriage, in your, in, in your relationship with your children, in your work, when you're in the car, when you're in the grocery store. When you're out and about and everybody has their eyes on you, I challenge you to be the peacemaker that God has called us to be. Ladies and gentlemen, let me continue here because we are getting a little shorter on time. Hallelujah. I'm going to play some other scripture that, that I have not whenever, but, but I'm just going to be obedient to God and, and, and read that Romans 10 and 14 as we place it in the description below. But we're going to move right on. Uh, no, this is important. I really need to say this. Romans 10 and 14. Uh, now, this was, uh, this was uh, Paul had spoke this, but he was also referencing something that the prophet of uh, uh, Isaiah had wrote. And in Romans 10 and 14, it says, it says this, ladies and gentlemen, it said, how then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how and how shall they believe on him and whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written, ladies and gentlemen? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings and of good things. You see that this was prophesied in the Old Testament. And it was so important in what Paul had spoke here. He said that, how, how can they believe? How can they be called to believe? How, how can they believe on something that, that they have not heard, ladies and gentlemen? And there's so many people that's counting on us. God's counting on you. He needs you. He needs you to be obedient. It's like I had spoke to a brother, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, at the latter part of last week, and I told him, I told him this that this was what the Lord had spoke to me, and I said, brother, I said my obedience has become your blessing, and how can people be blessed if we are not obedient? You see, because we as God's children, we're entitled. We're entitled to what God has for us right now. How many people have we robbed? Have, have we taken away the opportunity for this peace? 
this opportunity to make peace for them in their life. How many opportunities have, have we skipped out on that, ladies and gentlemen? But Paul had said this, and he said, How shall they preach unless they're sent? So as I have already told you here tonight, that I challenge you, I challenge you, I charge you to, to go forward and to make peace, to spread the good news, the news that is so good that it's almost too hard to believe. So hard to believe is it sounds too good to be true. I challenge you here today. Let, let us move on into the next part of this. And, and we're talking about the, we're going to move to the next part of our armor. And it's not something that we so much wear on us, but it's something that, that we use. And, and yes, it does attach to our armor. It may be used. And I ain't talking about Captain America here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you see, because everybody's familiar with the shield that, that he used. And he, he used it for offense and he used it for defense. But let, let me continue here. The shield of faith, in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil you see what they used to do back in the in the roman times or back when they had these type of shields was was that it was a wooden shield and it was wrapped with leather and the leather was soaked in water and as the fiery arrows had began to come and to try to, to penetrate it you see it would extinguish the fire it would cause the, the fire to be extinguished and that's the kind of faith that I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen, that when Satan is, is trying to speak something evil upon you, when he's speaking something that's contrary to God's word, that your faith has extinguished it. Hallelujah. Let me continue on here. As we translate the word shield, here's exactly what it means, ladies and gentlemen. It means it's a, it's a door. It's a gate or it's just a it's a door referring to a stone for closing the entrance of a cave. Now, this would be something that would be huge, ladies and gentlemen. It, 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 it requires something that is huge. That is, if it's going to cover the crevice of this cave, the opening of this cave, it's got to cover it. Let me continue. Faith is a covering though, ladies and gentlemen. It's a it's defense that becomes offense. The purpose of the shield was to be used to protect the other parts of the armor. It was the first line of defense. It's the very first line of defense, ladies and gentlemen. You see, we have the truth and, and we have the peace and, and, and we have the, the righteousness that would catch all of these other things you see but it's it's our faith that has become the very first the front line of defense ladies and gentlemen it's by faith that we are strong in the lord it's by faith that we let truth prevail in our life it's by faith that we practice righteousness and it's by faith that we we spread the gospel to make peace for all of mankind Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 and it says this ladies and gentlemen we've already mentioned this here tonight but, but I want to be very clear on, on speaking this word Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 it says and it is impossible to please God without faith what, is, what does that mean that it's impossible impossible means that, that there's no way 
there's no other way there there's no alternative there's no no other way around it there's no way to go over it or under it or around it ladies and gentlemen it's impossible it is impassable it's impossible to please god without faith anyone who wants to come to him him being god anyone who wants to come to god must believe that number one that god exists and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him or those who sincerely seek him you see the writer of hebrews didn't say that that those that seek him in wonder and doubt or those who seek him from time to time or those that seek him on occasions or those that pray on sundays or those that seek him when when things aren't going right in their life you see it's it's a continuous thing ladies and gentlemen Paul told us he said to he said pray without ceasing we must we must believe that God has our best interests at heart and that he desires the very best for his children you see would, would you give your your kids would you give your nephews would you give your nieces something something so much less than the best you see because if if you answer yes to that question then that just really means your heart wasn't in it you really don't love them in the way that you say you love them you see but when you love your child you're going to give them the very best that you have to offer them the very best that your money can buy you see and my father he owns the cattle on a thousand hills he's able to provide for me the very best ladies and gentlemen let me continue on here hallelujah thank you jesus the next part of of the of the shield of faith or or just really reality of faith that that we wanted to speak about here was that jesus had spoke about faith on three different levels ladies and gentlemen three different levels and you say, Pastor, I, I don't understand what you're saying. Okay, well, I'm asking you now to incline your ear to hear what the Spirit has to say into the church. It says it all throughout the Word that he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. So the Spirit has something that he wants to say. So are you going to listen? Are you going to hear what he has to say? Uh, let us continue here. I, I, I want to go with the scenario of where Jesus had spoke about this, ladies and gentlemen. And here's the first scenario in which that Jesus had talked about faith. You see, because I said, I just said that Jesus spoke about faith on three different levels. And here tonight, you're, you personally are going to find out what level of faith are you on. And the faith that we want to talk about to, to start with is, is the no faith scenario or the no faith situation. And in Matthew chapter 13, verse 54, it says this. It says, he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. This was his hometown. This was where people knew him. People knew him. They knew of him. They knew him. They knew him as a little boy. They knew him as a teenager. They remember him going into the temple and, and preaching. They knew him, ladies and gentlemen. These were his kinfolks. It continues here. And he returned to Nazareth, his hometown. When he had taught there in the synagogue, everyone was amazed and said, Where does he get this wisdom 
and the power to do miracles. Then they scoffed. He's just the carpenter's son. And we know Mary, his mother, and his brothers, Joseph, James, Simon, Judas, all of his sisters lived right here among us. Where did he learn all these things? And they were deeply offended and refused to believe him. You see, ladies and gentlemen, here's, here's exactly what I got. I'll finish reading this. Then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except for his own hometown and among his own family. And so he didn't not. And so he, excuse me, verse 58. And so he did only a few miracles there because of their unbelief. You see, they mistaken him for the way he grew up. They mistaken him and, and put him in the category of, of we know you as the carpenter's son. They placed him in the category that, that Mary lives here amongst us. Your brothers live here. And we see what kind of life that, that they may be living whatever lifestyle it was that they were doing you see but what happened here was was jesus was placed in the same category as them you see but jesus was so much higher but they didn't perceive him as that they continued to look down upon him and because of their unbelief ladies and gentlemen he could only do a few miracles. I would believe this, ladies and gentlemen, that maybe he healed a few headaches. Maybe he healed uh, a few sinus infections. Maybe he even uh, healed and touched a, a sore back. You see, but it said that he could only do a few miracles because of their lack of, of belief, because they, of their disbelief, ladies and gentlemen. So here we have is, is that we have the scenario of no faith. And this was, th this could be, be, excuse me, this could be related to this, ladies and gentlemen, that no faith or a lack of faith can be equivalent to a lack of honor. A lack of honor could be equivalent to, to a lack of faith or to no faith, ladies and gentlemen. Let me continue on here. Let's just keep this rolling. Next, we have in, in this scenario or in this category, we have, we have the, uh, the category of little faith. And this is a faith that, that you often heard Jesus speak about. Ye of little faith, or you of little faith, or how much longer must I be here with you? How much more must I do for you? How much more do I need to prove? Matthew chapter 8, verses 26 through 27, it said, And Jesus responded, Why are you afraid? This was the time when the disciples were in the boat. And, and they were going across to the other side. Let me continue on here. You have, you have so little faith. Then he got up and, and he rebuked the wind and the waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man that they asked? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Let us continue this story in Matthew chapter 6, verses 28. It says this, and, 
and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wild flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have little faith? You see that even God was, he, he provided. He provided when, when they couldn't even do for themselves. But yet here we are is, is that these people, these disciples, the, the crowds, the multitudes, the, they were worried. And, and this, was, this was in the multitude. That this was a message that came from the Sermon on the Mount. Let us continue here. Matthew chapter 14, verses 24. It said, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy ways waves after three o'clock in the morning jesus came toward them walking on the water when the disciples saw him walking on the water they were terrified in their fear they cried out it's a ghost but jesus spoke to them at once don't be afraid he said take courage i am here you see we have talked about We've talked about taking courage and being strong and here he was was he was encouraged and once again and he had proclaimed himself as I am here. I am here. I am the courage that you need. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. But you can find that in my message on the, the three point perspective. Let us continue on here. Then Peter called to him. He said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. See, Paul became a water walker. Are, are we a water walker? Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went out over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he had saw the strong winds and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. You see, when, when he took his focus off God, and he began to put his focus on the surroundings and the things that were around him, ladies and gentlemen. This is speaking to someone right now. There's too much going on around you and you've taken your eyes off of Jesus. You've taken your eyes off of God. You've taken your eyes off of his word. You have quit diving into his heart. And your focus has been on everything around you just as Peter had. And, he, and Peter cried out and he said, Lord, save me. You see, and at that very moment, it said, Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. And he said, you have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? You see, that was, that was the grace of God. That's the grace that we've been speaking about through this whole series. He said, why did you doubt me? You see, because it this. It is beyond the laws of physics or gravity or, or whatever that it may be. You see, because we're not supposed to be able to walk on water. You see, but Peter had. He had done it because the Lord had told him to come. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm so happy to be able to preach this message to you right now. You see, Jesus is telling you to come, ladies and gentlemen. And it's going to require faith. It's going to require you to, to step out of the boat. 
It's going to require you to go beyond your comfort zone. It's going to require you to step in an area that you are not familiar with. You're going to step into an area that, 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 that is defying the laws of physics, that is defying the laws of gravity. It's defying what man says can't happen. You see, but when Jesus has called you, he's called you. And you must step out the boat, ladies and gentlemen. Let me continue here. Hallelujah. <laughs> but Jesus told him he had little faith, ladies and gentlemen. You see, and his little faith came because he took his eyes off of God. If he would have kept his eyes on the very thing that had called him, then he would have continued to have succeeded. See, but because he took his eyes off, he, he, he became part of the classifications of little faith. Let me continue on here. Matthew chapter 16. And, at, and as this, they begin to argue with each other because they hadn't brought, they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying. So he said, you have so little faith. Why are you arguing with each other? about having no bread don't you even understand yet don't you remember the five thousand i fed with five loaves and the baskets of leftover you picked up or the four thousand i fed with seven loaves and the large basket of leftovers you picked up you see they lacked faith you see they had already seen god do it one time they had seen jesus perform god's word you see because what he had performed was all he did was just speak God's word in, and he had faith and they had saw it take place, ladies and gentlemen. You see, but again, they became worried about the situation around them. Excuse me. And, and I can't help but to take my mind back to the parable of the sower and the, and the, and the very seed that fell upon rocky ground. You see, it, there was a little bit of dirt in the crevice of the rock. And because that seed fell upon the little bit of soil, but, but, but because there was a rock there, you know, the plant, it, 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 it sprung forward and it began to produce a harvest. You see, but, but my Bible tells me that, that when the sun came up and when it became hot, it said that the plant began to wither and to die and it, it passed away. It, it ceased to exist. See, because it didn't have no depth. It had no depth, ladies and gentlemen. And, and the very fruit that it could produce was very minimal. You see, because it wasn't rooted enough. And it had no depth. And this is exactly where, where, where Jesus himself had spoke about. And, and if any of y'all are familiar with that parable of the sower, this was the very parable that Jesus said. He said that if you don't get this parable, if you don't get this saying then nothing else is going to make any sense to you. Hallelujah. Let me continue on here. So, so we could equivalent this. That little faith is equivalent to what? To worry and anxiety. You see, when we throw our shield of faith up, ladies and gentlemen, are, are we worried that it's going to crack? Are, are we afraid that, that that weapon is going to penetrate through? You see, but the very the very next scenario that I want to go over here, and, and this one's going to be a little bit shorter. You see, because only just a few people had great faith. And the next category that we're talking about is great faith. The kind of faith that was only mentioned twice by Jesus. 
You can only find this faith two times that is that is actually categorized as great faith, ladies and gentlemen. And in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5, it says, When Jesus re- returned to uh, Capernaum, a Roman soldier came and pleaded with him. And he said, Lord, my servant, my young servant lies in bed, paralyzed and in trouble and in terrible pain. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the Roman soldier said this. He said, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come into my house. Just say the words from where you are and my servant will be healed. I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers and I have authority over my soldiers. I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. And if I say to my slaves to do this, they do it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed. You see, this was the very first time that it it has spoke about the amazement of Jesus. You see, because what he had found here, ladies and gentlemen, here's exactly what he's here's exactly what he found. Because he turned to the disciples, he turned to the multitude, and he said this. Turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel and I tell you this that many Gentiles will come from all over the world from east and west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven but many Israelites for for those of whom the kingdom was prepared for will be thrown into outer darkness where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth and Jesus had said to the Roman officer, he said, go home because your belief has happened. It has happened. It took place. And the very reason of why it took place was, I'll tell you after the next parable, not the parable, but, but the next story. And we, and we proceed on into Matthew chapter 15, verses 22. And it said, it reads like this, ladies and gentlemen, a Gentile woman who lived there came to him pleading, have mercy, O Lord, son of David, For my daughter is possessed by a demon that torments her severely. But Jesus came, but but Jesus gave her no reply, not, not even a word, not a whisper, not a whimper. Then his disciples urged him to send her away. Tell her to go away, they said. She is bothering us with all of her begging. You see, she was persistent. She she remained. Then Jesus said to the woman, I was sent only to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. You see, in this woman, she was she was a Gentile. And anything that's outside of being a Jew or the children of Israel was, is a Gentile. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm a Gentile, but I have I have been engrafted in. And you have been engrafted in. And this was the very thing that, that Jesus has spoke about in, in the last story. That, that, that so many Gentiles would be eaten at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because of their honor. Because of their great faith. Let me continue here. And Jesus, uh, but, excuse me, he said, but he said, he said, I've, 
I was only sent to help God's lost sheep, the people of Israel. But she came and she worshiped him, pleading again, Lord, help me. Jesus responded, it isn't right to take fruit from the children and throw it to the dogs. Ladies and gentlemen, you can look at this any way that you want to. You can read it in any version that you may find or that you may get your hands on. But Jesus called her dog. He said it isn't right to take food from the children and throw it to the dogs. She replied, she said, that's true, Lord. But even the dogs are allowed to eat the scraps that fall beneath their master's table. <laughs> and this is so beautiful, exactly what Jesus had responded. Listen to this, ladies and gentlemen. And he said, dear woman, your faith is great. Your request is granted, and her daughter was instantly healed. You see, in these two very scenarios that we have here on great faith, there was something that, that happened with both of the Gentiles. And we can equivalate that great faith, ladies and gentlemen, is great honor. They honored God. They honored Him. They knew that they didn't even have a right. You see, but, but, but the Gentile woman, she remained persistent even after Jesus had called her a dog. She remained persistent. And she said, you are right, my Lord. You are right, my master. You see, she, she recognized him for who he was. She recognized him in his, in his glory. She recognized him in his majesty. And because of her persistent honor in him, he granted her request, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. Th that is great news to me. And, and that's, that's the great news that I'm talking about. That is the, it's the news that's, that's so good that it's almost too good to be true. You see, but that's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. So many people have, have, have lost honor for God. They have, they have built up worrying and anxiety and, and they are not having the, the great faith by honoring God's word. You see, and the only way that we're going to be able to quench the fiery darts of Satan, ladies and gentlemen, is to have faith. As we read in Hebrews, that without faith it's impossible to please God. And I know we've been a little lengthy tonight, but I have good news for you is that that's the end of my message here tonight. And I know that God has, he has spoke to so many people on so many different levels. I knew that from the very beginning, I knew that when I was studying this word and when we were putting it together, me and the Holy Spirit, that Holy Spirit had so much to say. But I never want us to, to leave that part out is that we have talked about the grace of God tonight. That, that's what empowered Peter to be able to do something that was beyond the normal. And that's what God wants to do with us here tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is he wants to do something that's beyond the normal for us. You see, God has called us to live an extraordinary life. It is the life that we were meant to live, ladies and gentlemen. You see, in the opposite of, it, of extraordinary is normal. 
God wants to do more than normal. He wants to do extraordinary things in your life. But it's up to you and it's only a choice that you can make. Ladies and gentlemen, I've made my choice and I've chosen. I've chosen to be the crazy one to to step out of the boat. I'm choosing to be the one to have great faith. I'm not patting myself on the back, ladies and gentlemen. This is just the reality that anybody that you know around me, that this is the life that I live. This is what God has called me to be. And God has called you to do the same thing. He's called you to extraordinary. So today, ladies and gentlemen, will you accept that invitation to be extraordinary for God? To be beyond the normal. To live a life of great faith. To put on the shoes of peace. To spread the good news. The the news is too good to be true. To be a peacemaker. To no longer to compromise. Don't, Don't be a peacekeeper no longer. So ladies and gentlemen, I leave that with you here tonight. And you have so much to chew on. I encourage you to go back. Listen again. Hear what the voice inside of my voice had to say. See, because he spoke so much to me, ladies and gentlemen, that he wants to speak to you as well. Tonight we'll close in prayer. But most importantly, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, if you don't know Him as your Master, if you don't know Him as Lord, right now is your opportunity. And it's just as simple as this, ladies and gentlemen. It's just this simple. It's just this simple. Repent of your sins. Repent means to turn away from. Repent means to have a change of heart that is manifested by the way that we act and the way that we live. Repent of your sins. Turn away from them. Have a change of heart because the way that you live is going to manifest it. And once you do that, ladies and gentlemen, take up your cross and follow after God. Follow after Him. Uh, Pursue Him just as hard and as swiftly and quickly as you can. That's what's important. Let us close in prayer, ladies and gentlemen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that right now, Lord, you have blessed us. You have graced us, Lord, with another opportunity, Lord, to bring forth your word, to break bread and to dive into your heart. Lord, as there's been so many ears to hear tonight, so many eyes to view. But Lord, only you can speak to them in the way that you desire. Holy Spirit, we ask for conviction. We ask for uh, instructions. We ask for uh, just for correction to be brought and to be spoken to us that we can make that change so that we can live this life that is pleasing unto God. Lord, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy and your kindness. Lord, that we may never take advantage of it. But Lord, we would continue to view it in the very aspect that you have sent it to be for us. Bless us, Lord, as we part ways here tonight. Lord, be in all that we say and that we do, and that all that we say and do may glorify your kingdom and that it may edify you, Father. Continue to speak to us, Lord, in the way that you desire. 
Lord, as we continue, as we continue, Lord, to submit our minds, our hearts, and our wills unto you. Bless us as we part ways. And we thank you, Lord, to bring us back, Lord, safely here again very soon. And we give you the glory and the honor and the praise and the thanksgiving. In Jesus' name, Lord, amen and amen. Again, I thank you for joining here with me tonight. I know we were a little long. But if you were hearing what God had to say, there was nothing long about this. It was just a, I couldn't get enough. But ladies and gentlemen, if you would, like, share, subscribe. does nothing for me. It does nothing at all for me. But it creates the algorithm that would allow this message to be able to be heard by so many people. You see, because this is a word that, that's not being preached in the church today. It's not a word that, that's being received today. You see, but ladies and gentlemen, the truth is, is I come to make peace. So again, I thank you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I am rooting for you to be all that you can be for God. And until we meet here again, God bless you. I love you. And good night.